Kevin Herter. This is Melo Trimble. This is Lonnie Bass. This is Scott Van Pelt. This is Stefan Day. This is Chris Knocky. This is Johnny Holiday. This is Walt Williams. This is Mark Turgeon. This is Gary Williams, and you're listening to IMS Radio. It's Tonga by Loa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Buck in front of him and a touchdown. He's got 18 points. Four seconds. It would have been good from 65 out. He nailed that football. It was Brad Craddock with the game winner. A 43-yard field goal with 51 seconds to go. And Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. That assist gives him a triple-double for Vasquez. The first in 22 years. To the corner, Vasquez. Yes! 30 points here A small point of contention about last week's rap lyrics. You remember the rap lyrics from last week's guys? Grills from Nelly. Paul, you actually Googled them, not Jeff. Do you remember? Hey, I remember Jeff not doing his job. Yes, That's, I very much remember that. Yes, okay. So the lyrics, they started 30. I got 30 down at the bottom, 30 more at the top. And you said that they referred to his teeth. And at the time, I, I almost said something about it. And have since confirmed, I couldn't remember the exact number. Humans only have 32 teeth. So either this guy has double the amount of teeth or he's actually referring to the diamonds on his teeth, not his teeth, actually. Are you really trying to get by on a technicality, aren't you, Larry? No, no, no. I, I failed miserably in knowing the, <laughs> the lyrics. I'm just saying when he says I got 30 down at the bottom, he does not mean he has 30 teeth. He can't. Are you trying to impugn the integrity of Nelly and Paul Wall? I'm trying to say. Is that what's going on here? I will not stand for this. (laughs) I'm trying to say that he was not talking about. I will not stand for this. (laughs) I'm trying to say he was talking about how many diamonds he has in his mouth, not teeth. I don't think I said that he was talking about his teeth. I think I I said he was talking about his grill. No, no, you said his teeth. I, I should have got the clip so that I could prove it to you. But if you listen back. If, if you don't have the clip, it never happened. <laughs> if you listen never back, you'll see. La, yeah. la, 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 la. <laughs> okay. All right. I failed in the rap lyrics either way. I just wanted to make that clarification for those who are very invested in how well I do with the rap lyrics, which I know is a large portion of the audience. Oh, millions, so, millions of yeah. people. Oh yeah, tens of people uh, throughout throughout the world. Uh, I mean, frankly, I pulled that completely out of my butthole that last week. So like, no, you I'm didn't. not like no, you I did absolutely not. did. You Google it. Did. Oh no, I no, I definitely Google. I I remember the song, and it's the first thing that came to my head that I knew was like a you know rap, uh, you know, parable that might might be useful. And then I yeah. googled the lyrics, and then I came up with yeah. that. But, um, 
you know, next time maybe Jeff could actually do like the one thing we ask him to do. Um, I'm sure he didn't do it this week either. So the one thing. Where who, where do the scoops come from, bro? What do you, come scoops. on, scoops? <laughs> scoops. You know what that reminds you of? <laughs> that commercial. You ain't giving no scoops on this show, brother. <laughs> you know the commercial where the the guy and the girl come in to the house and all the older folks the, I think the parents and maybe a buddy are having ice cream and they're like scoop there it is scoop yeah. there it is. and they're dead I love that commercial it's so <laughs> that good it was depressing though because dude tag team is like, so like old. yeah tag team is like a bunch of grandpas man like they're they look like they're you know, on social security you know what it is is they were kind of old when the song hit I think you know they weren't like 20-year-old dudes they were probably like 35-year-old dudes when the song hit. so that's No, I, I do think I do think that's right. I think they were like studio DJ type guys who like yeah. kind of, you know came up with their one thing and you know then immediately disappeared but uh but yeah their their ages and uh and relative girth is is rather disappointing yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to some of us. I, I can I can relate to the girth issue, so oh, I'm yeah. not I'm I'm not criticizing anybody. I love though how the the boyfriend though at first is like, "What the hell is going on?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, man, let's go!" And he gets into yeah, it. I, I love that. Spring the, every time, yeah, every time I laugh at that commercial, you said scoop, and it reminded me of that. So that was good. <laughs> my favorite ad campaign is the pro- progressive one about not turning into your parents. That is good too. Uh, that is, that those, is really those are good. So good. All of them are so spot on. I do half of them. Like the, the, the dad sound you make when you get into the chair or get out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, know. The, the, the one where the, the lady's like, no fussing, no cussing. <laughs> throws the throws sign in the chair. Or the, uh, who else reads books about submarines? <laughs> Your dad. That's right. That that one hits me because I do nothing but watch documentaries and listen to podcasts about history and stuff like that. And World War One and things like that. So we that one's me. We all see it. We <clears throat> all see it. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Those, those, those are genius. Well, well, the problem is we're becoming like the real, we're in like that age cohort that's like the money target for ads. So yep. it's all going to be like, you know, late 80s, early 90s culture that was like our go-to, like that we grew up in and kind of you know came of age in. So that's going to be commercials for the next 10 years. That's us. Or, or stuff yeah. with millennials and millennial themes where we're like, did you see that guy? Like, what is that supposed to mean? Or, oh God, that's. And then I'm like, oh man, I sound like such an old man. I gotta, I gotta do something. But yeah. that's start, where start, we are, man. Start calling calling people chief, yeah. <laughs> champ, sport. Yeah. I just I call my son buddy. Does that count? You no, know, I do that too. Yeah, I me too. That that's fair. That's, I that's call old. people chief or ace when I'm being really condescending, but that's not. You know, sincere. I throw a boss in there every once in a while yeah, when I'm like in Twitter, public, and Twitter I'm like, "Oh shit, don't do that." Yeah, that's not as bad, I don't think, but it's still, uh, you know, it's 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 not sporting. For those of you interested in the World War One podcast, I listen to it's called Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It is amazing. Yeah, there's man. some. I think, I think I there's there's like five episodes. They're all like three hours long. It's insanely long, but. I was driving four hours a day in the car, so I needed to do something. And no longer my son's driving now, but uh, but it is freaking amazing. Just the way he 
tells the you, story. You hear, you hear like something like, hey, man, how about 20 hours of podcasts about World War One?" and like your eyes yep. roll in the back of your head? It's really riveting stuff, especially, you know, with World War One being one of the more complicated, uh, you know, large historical events, I think, that you've come across. But And uh, he does an amazing job of laying all of that out. Yeah. It is so good. Like he's talking about how the French at the beginning of World War One, they're showing up in like 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 aqua blue uniforms with big like Abraham Lincoln blue baby blue hats and frills and stuff and marching in formation. And the Germans are rolling up saying, See ya guys and just like mowing them down. Anyway, it's crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> We're literally proving the point right now. Yes, we are. We're that old guy generation. I, I also listen to Joe Rogan. Is that better? Oh, that, that, that's I, not better for a lot of reasons. I, I I love Joe Rogan, man. He's he's very good. He's got cool. He got he just had Elon Musk on. Elon Musk is the man. That is guy that the is one where insane. Elon Musk is like attempting miserably to smoke a blunt and not at all inhaling. No, no, that was I, that was he. Yeah, he did that. That was that, one. that yeah. was the previous one. Yeah, then he just it did was another the funniest one. Funniest looking thing. <laughs> I can't couldn't tell if he just didn't know what he was doing or if he was intentionally faking it rogan has had some good stuff but then like a lot of yeah. people hate him because he does the he gives breath to like alex jones and all these other fucking yeah, alex, alex jones is a weirdo i i don't see for me i'm okay with hearing people from all over that's fine i don't i don't not emotionally invested in either side of the cultural civil war so i can hear people from other side it doesn't make me mad yeah. i maybe agree with some things they say maybe don't but i i love the long form discussion that he does and he's got astrophysicists and scientists and you know historians all kinds of cool stuff like i love that stuff anyway well you have a unique ability to stay uninvested in those wars you know you're you're not the norm these days yeah staying down the middle i try it's hard to you and you and paul both right? yeah paul is I'm, I'm staying i'm staying very quiet <laughs> yeah, in this paul, discussion for, for everyone's benefit paul is not down the middle for sure no, there's a reason that i do not promote my twitter handle on this he's podcast. 51 49 yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. maybe maybe 52 48 depending <laughs> on Okay, have we bored everyone enough? Hopefully, I also I mean, it can't be any more boring than those two Nebraska games. So, got that going for us. The two Nebraska nice games, they were interesting because the first game was very tight, and Maryland pulled away at the end and got a Ken Palm victory. The second one, Maryland had a Ken Palm victory, a big one in hand, and then gave it away at the end. So they, kinda, they were they were they were very very boring for very different reasons. In, probably, in my humble opinion, they probably uh, they probably worked themselves out the way they should have overall, in terms of talent and and all that stuff. Well, Nebraska is bad. I mean, they are yeah, bad, bad, like way, yeah. way real bad. I mean, Jeff made a comment. They were playing really well for a portion of that one game, and and Jeff had posted on Twitter, I think, saying, you know, hey, I can't really you know, figure out why these guys are so bad. And it's just, you know, Hoiberg's brought in, like, a, a lot of these guys are good athletes. Like, they're run and jump athletes. They can get around. But, man, they just cannot yeah, play basketball. A bunch <laughs> of misfit pieces look yeah. like 
He looked like a bunch of dudes I used to play against at Sligo Creek Park back in the day who just hopped out of a van together. They're like a JUCO all-star team. Yeah, yeah. They got some long, couple of really long, outrageously long guys. And then Teddy Allen's fun to watch. He's just the total YOLO. He's, he's YOLO player of the year <laughs> in the Big Ten, if not the country. But, yeah, they stink. So Maryland took took care of business as we thought they would, but you know, and and it's not just a matter. I guess you shouldn't say they just took care of business because it did get them onto the right side of the bubble, right? The first they entered the thing in the first four out. Then after the first win, they were last four in, and then after the second win, they were first last four with buys. So it it moved them up, you know, significantly. Well, that's Lunardi, right? I mean, and. You know, I just checked Lenardi. That's not the case anymore. He, they're in the last four in right now for Lenardi. Oh, he bumped them back down. Yeah. Someone must have gotten a win because he had them. Yeah. He had moved them to to the buy line. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, the, I mean, my my thing is, I think of all the years, we're not really sure what the committee is going to do. This is going to be the one because I just don't know what they're going to do about away games. I I don't know if you can really treat away games the way you did when there were crowds in the building. And Maryland's entire case depends on those away games where they had those big wins counting the way away games would count in most normal years. And I just don't know whether that's going to be the case. If you win three out of these next four, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, I don't you know. know. That's, that's a bold prediction. Oh, if they get to 10 and 10, they're a lock. I think mm. I feel like they're a lock at 10 and 10 and toughest. Even in a regular year, ten and ten in the toughest conference in the country gets it done. And this year, again, it depends on what, how those road wins are weighted. But uh, I think that I think even two and two, which puts them at nine and eleven, still gives them probably a fifty percent. Maybe you have to win one in the Big Ten tournament, which hasn't exactly been their specialty. It might be asking something. Yeah, yeah, I went I went to Torvik, and he gives percentages pretty close to what you just said, Jeff. He predicts them. He has them forty third in the country. He predicts fifteen and twelve, nine and eleven, so two and two finish. And at that, he's got them at forty four percent to get in at nine and eleven. Last week, it was thirteen percent. So they've done themselves quite well this week. And he gives them a point six percent chance of the final four. Oh, oh wait, <laughs> wait, wait! You know what? I actually messed up earlier. Torvik's the one who has them last four in. Lenardi's got Maryland as the first one out. No, I nah, swear that I'm can't g- be. That wasn't because so. la- last night they were in Lunardi's uh, buys in the buy round, which means there were four more teams below them. I don't know if I saw team. old. I don't know if I saw. I'm going to bracketology right now. ESPN 2021 first team out Maryland. What? Yeah. He literally had them in his last four buys, like this morning or last night. I don't know how that's possible. I'm on the page. Has has anybody played today? He put it on Twitter. (laughs) Maybe they haven't updated the ESPN page. It says the ESPN page says it was updated on two sixteen at eight a.m. That's that's why he doesn't have the last two games. So he's got it on Twitter though. Okay, in the the buys, but okay, okay. I think they got a good, pretty good shot at going three and one in these last four. People who've watch them and watch them fade down the stretch and past years are rolling their eyes hearing me say that but Michigan State is terrible at this point you can forget that they're Michigan State I think and just look at them as being a bad team 
you know, Rutgers is the toughest one, but they, they have some momentum and confidence going in. I feel, I feel like they got a shot. Uh, that's going to be a close game, I think, at Rutgers. Northwestern, you should win. They're a little bit better. They're kind of sneaky, decent at times. they got a couple good players. And then Penn State at home. Penn State's given Maryland trouble, but usually when they beat Maryland, it's at Penn State. So I think they'll, go, they'll win at least two of those. Uh, if they If they win two, they're going to be like the most bubbly team in the country probably. Yes. And I was thinking about what if they win? What is the highest possible seed they could still get? They win the rest of the games, so the last four, and then they win four. No, would 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 it be four or three? They'd get they'd have three games in It'd be four. The Big 10. You sure it's four? Yeah. Yeah. No, they would get to cuz they would get to Sixth or seventh place. Yeah, they get the sixth or seventh place in the conference if they if they finish up four and zero. Yeah, but that doesn't get. I think only the bye teams play three games to win. I think the all the other teams are four or five. Okay, so either way, say they they sweep. So you're talking, they you're talking about an eleven game winning streak with the Big Ten <laughs> championship. Exactly. Six or or ten if it's. Ten if it's okay. So yeah, if there's six or seven, it would be four games. Yes, you're correct. Only the top four seeds would only play three games. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that would not be very dissimilar from 2004, right? Uh, I don't think they they didn't go on a on a big long winning streak, but they finished like eight and two or something. I think when you yeah. count those tourney games to get them into the tournament. So, and what they they end up a was it a four seed? They get up to four. I think it or was, was it like a six, like. Six, was, I think, no, I think they didn't. They get a three seed. No, no. I no, remember no. one year around there they got a three seed when they, at the end of the year when they when they came back late. That might have been. Oh, no, I think it was a four. I, I think I feel four. like they got that that they made it to four and then they lost to Syracuse as a five. That at least that the problem that with right that scenario me. with this team is once you get in the second round, you're going to be playing teams with big men every game. So you're going to win somehow, pull off these wins back-to-back-to-back days with facing like Coburn and Garza and whoever else, guys who have murdered you, Hunter Dickinson, these guys who have murdered you all season. Right, but saying they do win that, then what? It, what is the seed? They, my, my opinion is they'd move up about a one line per win, so they'd go from they're like a 11 or 12 now with seven more wins you're talking, or eight more you're talking four or five seed again. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if they win out, they're probably a probably a four. I mean, you you don't have yeah. a you don't have a lot of really great teams this year to begin with. So, but and realistically, they, if they win two point five of these next four and uh, one point five, say, and so four more games, then what? What do you think? That then they're looking at what, like an eight seed, nine, probably. Could could. Nine and or I, ten. I don't think much better than that because none of those teams are going to be good. I, I have mean, they, confirmed. That's a good point. I have confirmed that Maryland, yes, was a four seed okay. in two thousand four. And I was trying to. One of the years they did get up to a three. It might have been what the year after the title. What were they? When they lost to Xavier, was that the year they were a three? No. Oh. I feel like they were a five-ish, maybe. They were they a were... six. They were a six. Are they six when they lost to and Xavier? Then, You're yeah, right. Xavier was I'm a three. Yeah, I'm... That was Xavier with uh, with um, David West and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
damn it, really good guard. Uh, don't remember. Something, I don't know. They beat Xavier, excuse me, and yep. went to the Sweet 16 and had that heartbreaker against Michigan State. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> A lot of heartbreakers against Michigan State, unfortunately. But maybe Izzo's on his way down. Maybe he's going to have a – he's he's done. He's spent his energy. He's going to play out the last six or seven years like Gary did at Maryland. He doesn't want to leave, but let's hope. Well, he's he just lost a five-star commitment, which usually he doesn't build his team with five. He gets good recruits, but he's not really racking up the five stars usually. He got Miles Bridges a few years ago, but they just lost a five-star center, who I assume is probably going to go to Gonzaga maybe which is still really weird to me to see Gonzaga getting blue chip recruits. Like that just feels strange. Like they should just unbelievable be required to keep building it off these like guys who they turn into players. And, but no, I mean, not anymore. They're, they're recruiting like Duke and Kentucky, but on Izzo, you know, I think it's just the same thing this year is obviously for whatever reason, I mean, it affects everybody. So it should have the same effect on everybody. You know, it shouldn't affect blue bloods, more so than others, but it does seem to be. You look at Michigan State, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, all five of those being way down. So yep. I'm just going to chalk it up to that unless he stinks it up again next year. Can you think of another non-power conference team that was this dominant in the national landscape for this long? Mm-hmm. UNLV under Tarkanian kind of maybe? What? what uh, I can't think of any others. Well, I mean, had, Butler went to the... Yeah, but they weren't... They had the back-to-back Final Fours, or title games, actually, but they weren't like this, where they were dominant yeah. every year. They were pretty good. It's just they played in that conference where nobody knew they were any good until they decided yeah. to go to Final Fours. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they were ranked number one for long stretches no, like Gonzaga. No. Uh, but Gonzaga's no, earned that over a long period of time of kind of yeah. being, you know, recognized. Yeah, Butler a, just jumped up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, no, UNLV is a good one. Uh, that's really, that's a good question. I mean, San Diego state has had a couple little mini runs, but nothing like this. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati back in the day when they had Kenyon Martin that one year, but they, they were in like the Midwest conference, maybe back they, they weren't Com- conference USA for a while, right? Conference USA yeah. still, I don't, I don't remember that conference. They were in in the early '90s. They were in that one with Louisville and others. Right, that was Memphis. Mid- yeah, and then the, the Midwest. The Big East siphoned off a lot of those teams when they started losing teams, and they took a bunch of them. Yeah, wasn't Marquette in there too? Like, there were a yeah, bunch of yeah. fair. You know, it was fairly good legacy basketball schools, but certainly not not a power. Yeah, like like, like the AAC now, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'd have to think about. I'm sure somebody's done it at some point, but Calipari, Memphis, kind. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, not for a long time, but that's a good one. I I don't think UMass Calipari's no. had a couple of them. Yeah, but they not for this extended period of time. I think no, no, not, no. Certainly not for the you know ten or fifteen year run that Fuse on no. So I did confirm that it was Conference USA, Cincinnati, Memphis, Louisville, DePaul, Marquette, St. Louis, and about eight others. The entire those those are the big East. Houston, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. A lot of them went over to the Big East. That was that was a pretty good conference for a while there, though. 
Yeah, it still feels to me like those days, those like mid nineties, early two thousands were like the I don't know if it's just an age thing and being sentimental about it, but it, those feel like the glory days of college basketball to me with some of those ACC teams you had. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because it kind of stinks right now, college basketball, partly just the one and done stuff. And then this year, last year's tournament being canceled and this year just feeling really blah, like basically, okay, it's better than nothing. And that's about it. But those years always feel, but maybe it's just one of those things where the years you're growing up are always, you know, more magical than the other ones. I think there's an argument that that at, at the time, you know, you did have early entries to the NBA and, and stuff like that and and some high profile transfers, but you didn't have a lot of it and you had you yeah. had even even the best players were still sticking around for two or three yeah. years. Tim Duncan. Yeah, you got a Tim Duncan, you've got a, a, a lot of guys a lot of those UNC guys stuck around for three years. Uh, you know, a lot of the Duke guys stuck around for three or four years. Uh, it was just a different, I, I think it was just a different level of basketball being played at the time. And I think it was just the last time college basketball was really good. I, I don't think it was, it, I don't think that that period was necessarily the best time for college basketball, but it was the last time where you could look and be like, you know, there's, so much talent on this court right now yeah and they're not just babies you know they're not just freshmen that are here renting a dorm room for three months that started changing in the early 90s joe smith stayed for two years chris weber was two and then howard went and after three and then right after that it started that was kind of the end of it and i think joe smith you're talking about the acc was stacked rushy wallace and stackhouse they both went the same year as joe smith all of them after their sophomore year Nowadays, they would have gone after their freshman year for sure. Yeah, in a span of a few years, UNC had those two, and then they had the other combo with Jameson and uh, – and, Oh, yeah. Uh, who Vince Carter. Vince, Vince Carter. Carter. Thank you. Yeah. But then then right after that, I think around in the mid-'90s was when it started being one-and-dones, right? No, if not my, quite. I mean, Elton, no. Elton Brand left after his he freshman was two, year, but uh, – it, but that was one of the first one and dones I I seem to remember. There were there were that was when a bunch of guys started skipping and going straight out of high school. That's when um you know Tracy O'Grady and um uh what you call it um Kevin Garnett, Kobe Kevin Garnett, like guys like that would go straight yeah. to the league. But like if you went to college, you almost certainly were there for two or three years. Kevin Garnett, who supposedly would have been a Maryland Terrapin if he had gone to college. How about Gary pulling that one off? That would have been completely out of the blue. The funny thing is usually those things, especially me, because I write this stuff and follow it so closely, like usually you would have heard about like that one just somehow surfaced like 20 years after he went to college. So I don't know how true it was. He's but. been adamant about it, though. I've heard it multiple times, yeah. multiple interviews. It's, it's, it's very strange uh, kind of thing, but uh, who knows? I remember when Kenny Abekwe got compared to Kevin Garnett. And you can kind of see because they're kind of really tall, lanky wing players. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of see that. But it's just hilarious, the difference between nobody. The look, nobody could watch Kenny Abekwe shoot a basketball <laughs> and be like, yep, that's a comparison I'm going with. 
But you under, I can see it though. I, I didn't make the comparison. I'm just saying I remember at the time when he was being recruited that that was a comparison that was made. And no, you, I, I I understand. I remember he was a were you great, on he was a parade all American, right? He, yeah, he was he big time. Times.com by any chance, Larry? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. I mean, really maybe came, maybe I, I don't know. What it really came <laughs> down to was anytime you saw like one of those 6-9 jumping jack athletes they were they were more rare back then. It wasn't it wasn't like a thing where every team had like three guys who were six nine two twenty who could swat balls and jump out of the gym. Like that was a very different kind of kind of thing. Even back when you're talking about in a Beckway, I think. So I'm I'm not surprised. But I mean, the second he walked in and you saw him shoot like a free throw, it's like whoa, <laughs> okay, somebody <laughs> needs to get on that. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah. Those teams, we've talked about this before. Those teams sucked the life out of me, man. Oh. After the highs of the, the the tournament team, the national championship teams, this amazing team, and even a couple years after that, some of it was still kind of there. But then I think the year, maybe the year after Blake and Nicholas and Taj left, then it, Gilchrist and those guys took over, and it just – well, it felt like the all the life got sucked out of the room, you know. Like, oh, it was I kept waiting for that one team. It was after you know, I was obviously they went on the the run to the ACC championship, and you're thinking, okay, you know, it's finally clicked for this group because you had the two groups back to back. They were like five man classes, and you're like, all right, they're gonna do it. And then those next couple years you kept waiting for things to click for like mike jones to turn into the all-american he was supposed to be and then chris mccray flunked out and was never really any good to begin with and Kaner medley was good but not good enough to be your best guy and it just and yeah, yeah. th- that group just could not click together very frustrating so killer mike jones turning into the all-american he was supposed to be is aaron wiggins turning into the all-american he was supposed to be I said that earlier in the season. This day reminds me a lot. Same, same physical tools, same expectations. Not quite as high. He wasn't a McDonald's All American, but very similar. Uh, you know, very smooth, gifted athlete. Beautiful three point stroke, but you know, never really turned into that dominant, aggressive kind of player. I mean, Wiggins is maybe starting to do it now. We'll see. You know. He's last, I think that's six, what, six out of the last seven games, he scored at least 17 points. So you wonder, like, it seems so simple to somebody like me just watching, like, you have that kind of talent and you can show in six out of seven games that you can be the best player on the floor if you're confident and aggressive. Why can't you be confident and aggressive every time out? Because, I mean, you can see why they originally had him projected as a possible first round pick uh so if he keeps it up you know if he keeps that up there they should go to the tournament put it that way i mean if he either way i think he's gone whether he keeps it up or not but Mm. uh, yeah that's a really good that's a really good comparison i think he's better for one thing and two um shoot i lost my train of thought i was gonna say uh mike uh, mike jones could not could not drive the way wiggins can drive I was going to say, Wiggins has a better, I think, all-around game than Mike Jones. Yeah, Wiggins is a better passer, better rebounder. Right. No question. Not as good of a shooter at all, but otherwise, yeah. better player. Man, I, 
I want to believe, okay? I want to believe, but do it against teams that matter, right? Yeah, I feel like we've point. seen these kind of green shoots from Wiggins a number of times over the years, and you keep waiting for him to really start to be that scorer that they need against the teams that matter and the games that matter, and he's never been able to pull it, put it together. This has so, been more than just those two games, though, to be fair. No, I agree. It's it's been yeah. it's he's had he's been great in the month of February. You know that includes a game against Wisconsin and Ohio State. Fine. Um, I just I I just not ready to believe it until the team really needs him and it's a, they're playing a good team and he can pull it out. At the moment, they played three decent teams. They lost all three of those games. So I don't know, man. I, I hope so. I tell you what, I've been I've honestly been more impressed with Eric Ayala this year than anybody else. I it, it's just hard to believe that he's turned into the scorer he has. But I think I think if you want to look at what's really turned this team around, I feel like it's been the addition of Hakeem Hart playing point and Eric playing off the ball and really being able to get to the bucket and make things happen. I I think look coming into the season, one of the things we weren't sure about was when Maryland really needed a basket, who could they go to? Who could break down a defense and and create trouble? And Ayala's been that guy. I, I didn't expect that to happen, but he's turned into a hell of a player. Minnesota's decent, wouldn't you say? And he had a pretty good game against Minnesota. And yeah. Minnesota's decent against everybody but Maryland, I guess. But still, okay, but you're, you can't – I mean, I, I understand. I'm talking about yeah. I've got two and a half years of feelings. I understand. Right yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> so, I'm working through that, okay? But I, yeah. I want to believe. I want to believe, Larry. I want to. I just – I'm, I'm not, not saying he definitely not is. I was not asked, right there yet. I'm not saying he definitely is. I'm just saying he has an extended stretch here that's been pretty damn good. Agreed. Absolutely. He's been fantastic in February. I yeah. want it to continue. I just don't quite believe it yet. That's all. Jeff, where are you? where do you fall on that? Just in terms of like whether he's actually the guy he's supposed to be now, the, the, the stretch has he the, turned the corner, Jeff? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think, he, do you think this is a permanent thing? You think he's I there? I think he has. You see, guys, a lot of times late in the season, especially when it's probably their last season and they're trying to get drafted or start their careers, who kind of turn it on late. Um, you know, I, I think this. I think he has turned the corner. Obviously, he's still going to have those nights where the three's not falling because even while he's been playing great recently, the three still hasn't been falling that much. He's just starting to attack the basket and being much more aggressive. Uh, but I think he is, you know, I think he's going to continue to, to be this guy likely for the rest of the season. But, you know, I wouldn't obviously put a lot of money on it just based on his inconsistency in the past. But to me, it does look like the light has kind of turned on for him. I, I certainly hope so, man. I, I tell you what, if, if he's another one of these guys who's determined that he's leaving, whether he's good enough or not for the NBA, I hope he ends up being good enough for the NBA because otherwise just going to piss me off again. So, yeah, I don't see uh, him coming back because he's, I think he's 23 years old. He's either 22 or 23 now. And at that age, you're like a senior citizen for pro basketball. So, you know, he really probably doesn't have a choice but to leave. I don't know how this keeps happening to Maryland. I don't understand. This doesn't happen at other schools. It doesn't. You do not lose guys who are underclassmen who do not get a whiff of the the NBA like Maryland does. It just doesn't happen. I 
I, I mean, think it happens. It some, does. We just, we just don't notice because you know you just don't yeah. pay attention to other schools. Uh, maybe it happens a little more at Maryland. I feel like we need to consult a list here because I am somebody. One of the listeners who's good at this stuff convinced me that I'm wrong because. Maryland's had no less than like 10 guys who've just decided I'm a pro now and not gotten a whiff of the NBA. And, it- and I take it back. He's 22. So if he came back another year, by the time he entered the draft, he would be 23 and a half because his birthday is January. So I don't think, you know, I'll be pretty surprised unless he just loves college basketball. But I think he, you know, he goes, well, that's a whole different conversation, obviously. I would say, or if he loves college, but the way college is right now with things shut down and virtual classes, it's not the same as, yeah. No, and that's, you got to feel bad for that. Like my, not to get on a tangent, my daughter's going through that. She's a senior in high school and uh, the thing has really ruined her junior and senior years. She was talking the other day, no prom. She's never going to be able to go to a prom. You know, everything's been wiped out basically. So you feel bad for those guys too. Like Daryl Marcel, how bad would that suck? Working that hard and then your senior year, every game feels like it's like a pickup intramural game with no fans. Well, they both could come back, and Wiggins technically could come back for two more years if he wanted to. Yeah. They could do yeah. that if they want to. And by the way, tell your daughter, have the they had, last year they did this. They had those faux proms. My son did it. He's got his little group of eight kids, and they all just hung out together. It wasn't a big thing. Yeah. They, just, yeah. they still got dressed up and went out to dinner and all that stuff. So tell her to do that. Yeah, he did something like that last year. It's better than nothing, but, man, can you yeah. imagine missing on homecomings and prom yeah, sucks. being able to go to football games and yep. it's the high yeah it's the high school kids man that that kills me it just yeah, it's sad for them it is sad. i mean that was such a that was such a, a high you know fun point in my life like i can't imagine not having that not just prom but like the whole thing oh, you got yeah. this group of kids you've been together with for 12 13 years that, that sucks man talking about weather lots of bummer is- tangents going on tonight man <laughs> i know what's going on it's all Jeff's fault. Mm-hmm. My bad. Just kidding. Usually Count, it's my, Jeff, my Larry, fault. Larry's over there counting teeth and shit. <laughs> I started on a tangent today. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> this is what happened. We have no guests. We just they're just like, hey, what do you want to talk about tonight? I don't know. How many teeth are in someone's mouth? Thirty-two. Right there. Thirty-two. Okay, adult. Okay, not counting wisdom teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let, let me put an asterisk right. on this. Yeah, there's a number of ways you can count it. I guess you're born with way more than that because you have – anyway, whatever. Right, sorry. Just let it yes. go. Let it go. <laughs> God's sake, let it go. Sorry. You were talking about Wiggins maybe leaving, maybe not, and that's a little foreshadowing of – I've got Marilyn Rankum for you guys at the end of the show. A little foreshadowing for one of the questions I got there. So stick around. You like that teaser? Is it going to make everybody, oh, my God, they can't wait now, right? Probably not, but I, I liked it. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you like it. That's not going to make you feel any better, but I liked it. Well, it does. If one person likes it, it makes me feel better than none. Yeah, but it's kind of my job One's better to than like none. It. So it's, you know, it's kind of like your mom saying, hey, you look good today, son. Uh, yeah, Ooh. that's true. Yeah, way to, way to really ruin the compliment there, Paul. So I'm here, buddy. Yeah. Football has had so much news lately in the offseason. New coaches 
coming out the woodwork. Let me see if I got this right. I have five new coaches listed here. You tell me if I got everything. Brian Stewart is the new defensive coordinator. He came from Baylor, and he was at Maryland from 2012 to 2014. Second stint here. Dan Enos, new offensive coordinator, worked with Loxley at Alabama. Ron Zook is the new linebackers and associate head coach. He was a head coach at Illinois and Florida. Is that it for him, I think? And then he's been given a lot of credit for some of the improvements made on the team last year, so that's really good. Zahn, Zahn, right, Burden, Mm -hmm. wide receivers coach, known for recruiting the Tidewater area. A lot of people loving that one. And Scott Chadwick is the new recruiting coordinator. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, is that and those are the five? Did I get them all? Uh, yeah, I think that's everybody. Okay, so I don't know. Do you want to maybe take them as a whole, break them down? What do you think overall? Looks really good to me. Yeah, I think overall it's an upgrade to the staff. You know, it's not a maybe not a grand slam. You know, Carl Scott obviously was the big name uh, from Alabama. It looked like they might actually get him, and then he takes that job with the Vikings. But still, you know, Danny Enos going from top to bottom. Uh, Loxley worked with him at Alabama. He feels like Enos is an extension of himself and will. Uh, the sequencing of the play calling, I think, is something that's very important to him and maybe was lacking the past few years. So I think he feels like Enos is going to be that guy who's going to call the right plays that he wants. He's also known as being good with quarterbacks, which – this is important, obviously, regardless, but especially now with uh, Talia Tungavailoa, you need him you know, to become more consistent next year if you're going to take the next step forward. Brian Stewart, as you said, has been in Maryland once before, about eight years ago. Uh, he had a really good first year. They were top 30, I think, defense nationally. Tailed off toward the end with the move to the Big Ten. Some would say that was somewhat related to the talent that he had at the time. Uh, he's an aggressive blitzing guy. He's going to run the three, four that Loxley wants to run. So, you know, that seems like a pretty solid hire, even if he's not a, an automatic home run, he's not a Chris Kosh or Todd Bradford, AKA toe, Bra- toe, toe, Bra- toe, Braffor. Yeah. Toe Braffor because there's, there's no, no D. D and, uh, and I missed that one. Guy. I missed that. that. That was a golden oldie. Thank you. Everybody. Oh, and, and Hoke the first time they didn't like him. He was solid last year. But uh, So that one looks pretty good. Uh, wide receivers, Zon Burden worked for five years at Virginia Tech. Uh, has a ton of connections down there in Tidewater. So that was a big part of the motivation. They want to be able to recruit down there. They haven't really been able to get players from there in a while when they have. A lot of them have been busts. So obviously – him having relationships is not going to guarantee they're not bust, but it might get you higher level recruits who are less likely to be bust. Um, and wide receivers is, you know, the most talented, probably most talented spot on the roster. So that knock on wood would be pretty hard to screw that up. Who am I forgetting? Scott Chadwick recruiting uh, personnel guy. I've known him for 20 years, super solid guy, really smart, has a lot of connections in the area. Uh, I think he'll do well there. And Ron Zook has been there the past two years as an analyst off the scene, off the uh, field guy. And, you know, they've told me several times, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, that he's really been a good resource and that he was quietly a big part of the offensive line improving last year. So he's just 
jack of all trades kind of guy. So to me, that's a huge, huge upgrade over George Hilo, who was very young and whose special teams weren't very good last year. Sounds good to me in terms of overall coaching for one thing, but particularly for recruiting, just feels like they could really rack up some nice classes here with the guys they got between Loxley's penchant for high ranked classes and now you got these other guys in who are who are good recruiters as well. That's yeah, the guys really exciting. Not, guys who left were not exactly killing it in recruiting. He yeah. Hilo pitched in here and there. The one guy they thought he'd get was Michael Mislinski, the offensive lineman from Florida, because he'd known the family forever. Didn't get him. Helped with some of those other Florida guys, but really wasn't a big factor. And Joker Phillips, who'd been known earlier in his career as a recruiter, he was in on uh, some of the Baltimore kids that they got, but he wasn't, you know. I mean, mostly it was Brian Williams carrying almost the whole load. I mean, he guy in the last the final rankings he was the number one recruiter in the big 10 and number four nationally which is incredible uh but so the guys they lost weren't exactly bringing in a lot of players yeah that's worth noting i mean this is a major recruiting improvement i think basically across the board um like you said it's not a home run uh i think that brian stewart is fine um not the not the big hire that you'd want, but certainly I, I I think his defenses were fairly fondly remembered here in a in a decade that has not had a lot of particularly good defenses. Um, obviously, Enos is kind of his guy. Uh, Braswell on the offensive lineman was apparently the guru who also kind of turned things around last year. So I feel pretty good about it. I like you know you kept Williams around, you kept Brawley around. Zon Burden looks like a winner. I'm pretty happy with everything. Uh, so you're probably looking at more of a triple than a home run if you're if you're talking about it across the board how they did in terms of what they had last year. Triple's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, and Jeff promised us the 16th ranked recruiting <laughs> class for 2022. He knew all this was going to happen. He knew about all these coaches. This is why he promised us that. I did. They each have three five stars silently committed. If that happened, we're talking number one in the country, by the way, and not even close would be the best class in the history of football if you get 15 five-stars. Half I mean, of the five-stars in the country. Another, uh, even if you get another top 25 class, if you can stack two of those in a row, that's No, 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 no backtracking. Yeah, we're not letting you out of that. No, 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 no. But I think it's fair. I, I think it, I'd feel a whole lot better about that prediction right now than I would have a couple months ago. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's he, certainly Jeff knew. Certainly not a bad place to be, and I, I think some of the recent recruiting uh, tidbits are, are pointing in a pretty good direction too. So, right. And speaking of that 2022 class and those recruiting two tidbits, three QBs on the radar. Can we talk about them, Jeff, on the show, or do you want to tease it? Okay, three. Let's just QBs. get them all. Let's get them all. Well, well, I'll let you talk about how possible it is to get all three of these guys which seems maybe crazily enough, crazy enough. One, Jaden Sore, out of Wise in Maryland, 87 rated, three-star, 439th ranked player in the country, the 11th rated player in Maryland. And according to 24-7 Sports, it's down to Maryland and West Virginia. I'll let you 
<laughs> let you delve into that a little bit more, Jeff. We think it's mostly Maryland, right? AJ Swan out of Cherokee and Georgia. He's 88 rated three star, 419th in the country, supposedly down to Maryland and USF. And then Preston Howard out of McDonough in Maryland, 89 rated three star, and he is 389th ranked in the country, the ninth rated player in Maryland, supposedly down to Maryland and Syracuse. Jeff? Tell us about these three guys. Well, starting with Jaden Soré, I think he's he's all but a lock. I think he's going to be committing to Maryland. I don't know when. They've been on him for a long time. Stout of Maryland and West Virginia, like you said, but I think they get him. He didn't play last year. That's the catch with all these guys. He, you know, None of them played last year. It's kind of a killer because you can't watch video. You don't know necessarily how good they are, and that makes it tough for the staff too but uh you know as a sophomore he led wise to a 14 and 0 record and a state title dual threat guy obviously they have a great relationship there at wise so they tend to get guys who they want uh aj swan from georgia another high three star another dual threat guy uh there's some other schools still maybe in it a little bit but it does seem like maryland and south florida it does seem like maryland is favored unless you know he unless maybe one of these other guys commits first and he were to get cold feet i don't know how likely that is that'll happen maryland would definitely take both and then preston howard is a guy we really hadn't talked about that much until our guy brian doan uh broke the story last week that or earlier this week that he was favoring maryland he's you know maybe more of a um, guy you're taking on his potential he's six six and can move so he's an athlete uh, another high three-star dual threat guy. He could come in maybe as an athlete, you know, who you look at to make who could possibly play a different position, or maybe you give him a chance at the start to try as quarterback and then see where it goes from there. But, you know, they haven't taken a high school quarterback since Lance Lejean in 2019, which is a long time, you know, even though you've taken a couple transfers. So clearly they want two and they'll even take three, and it's the only shame is that you can't get one of them in this year because you still only have one scholarship on quarterback, uh, one sco- one quarterback on scholarship on campus right now. And, you know, the other guy you took, Reese Sudinski from BMI, seems like he could be really good, but he's still saying he's going to play his spring season there, which is, you know, highly unusual. And I'm a little surprised that they maybe didn't stipulate that he had to skip that because then he's coming in with all that wear and tear on his body and having the system after the spring season so who knows maybe they can talk him out of that but you know they need they definitely need several quarterbacks and it looks like they could address that pretty soon james graham did it so why can't one of them um good question you know you really don't see it in football like you do in basketball i guess just because of the physical maturation required uh lots of kids do it basketball now but yeah you yeah i think it happens sometimes but it's pretty rare would be nice getting all three of those guys. And then other players, I know a couple of weeks ago you said, how do you say it, Jai Sean Barham? Yeah, I think maybe Jay Sean. He, Jay he, Sean. He's number one middle linebacker in the country. He's up at St. Francis. I think feel like they're in pretty good shape with him. 
you know, I haven't made a prediction on him yet. I'm not at that level, but he's also friendly, very close friends from what I understand with Jaden Soray. So if he commits, that helps you out. Nice. So I think they're, you know, they, they, you might be able to consider them the early leader with him, even though he hasn't said a lot lately. So, you know, you imagine that you get him university of Maryland getting the number one ranked linebacker two years in a row is kind of unusual territory. Anyone. Yeah, of course. Could you imagine both of them starting in the middle? Woo! That'd be pretty great. Who? Anyone else on the radar, Jeff? Not in terms of committing. There's a lot of guys on the radar, but like I said, the process has just slowed down because kids still aren't able to visit schools. They didn't play last year, so you know they have a lot of guys on their radar. I don't know. You know, you never know. Those football commits tend to sometimes just come out of the blue, but. Uh, nobody that I know of is being other than those guys is maybe being close. Okay. Anything else football related? You guys want to go over Paul? You got anything? Not really. Uh, apparently it looks like the video board is, is on and happening and they're taking RFPs and they plan on having it done by the beginning of next season. So that's, that's very good. That's good, but it's Maryland, so the chances of it being done on time are probably not super. Um, I don't know. Other than that, they'll tear its ACL on the way up as they're uh, putting installing it. It's going to suffer a torn ACL. Well, you know, literally the only thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about that kid playing his spring season was the ACL. So, you know what's happening. That would be brutal. What? How is that spring season working? They play in a full schedule. How? What are they doing? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a full schedule. So, like, he wouldn't get in until I don't know. I haven't looked at his schedule, but if I'm them, I'm just trying to talk him out of that because you know he's supposedly pretty good. I think I mentioned last week he's got an NFL draft grade on him. So, uh, you know, it just you got you got some real bad. Bad idea genes going on there, but it's VMI, right? So maybe he has some sort of military commitment to stay there through the semester yeah, or something. Like, like, yeah, I don't, know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how that shit works. Maybe he loses his scholarship, or I, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, what if he? The other problem is, what if he pulls a Kevin Herter, just has an amazing spring season and jumps way up the NFL draft boards. I don't think you can pull that off at a place like BMI. That's probably well. He he's already got an NFL draft grade, and quarterbacks come from all over the place. You I don't, don't have to. VMI uh, uh, is a low, low level. Lower than Division Two because guys come from Division Two all the time. Well, if you're one double A, I should say. Yeah, if you're North Dakota State and you dominate the you know FCS or or whatever Division whatever they call it these days. Um, that's one thing. VMI is not good and it's never good and probably will continue not being good. Even if he's a particularly good player with a, with the future. I'm just saying declare by, uh, March 1st, I think if you're going to the draft. So I, I think that's off the board. Oh, that's right. I forgot that they, they, oh, still, yeah. they didn't move anything back for those guys who decided to have a spring season. So, okay, good. Sorry right. about your luck. Excellent. I don't have any non-rev updates except that Damn it. I saw Brenda won her 500 game at Maryland. That's impressive. Right, Paul? Yeah, it's impressive. I wish we it had is. a men's coach who could win 500 games and 
what, 18 years or whatever she's she's been here? Yeah. She and has since won her 501st. They beat Illinois by 50, something like that. That's pretty good. I, saw, I didn't see the game. I saw the score. Yeah, so they're good. I mean, Mar- Maryland, Maryland would take – yeah, Maryland would take Brenda's results on the men's side with with glee. Oh, are you kidding? I mean, yeah, <laughs> jeez, of course. What? I mean, Brenda, Brenda's Brenda's a star, man. I got I got no problem with Brenda. Yeah. Well, how many Final Fours have you been to? Two. Final Fours. No, th- it's like three or four, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it's. it's I think only few. the one championship and the one championship game, but I think she's been to. I think she's got like an Izzo, early Izzo resume where she won the one yeah. and then has been to a bunch of Final Fours but can't win that first Final Four game. But wins her conference like every year. Yeah. Yeah, she was – they won it in 2006. And then I just went to her Wikipedia as well. I don't know if it's going to talk about how many Final Fours. Let's see. One, two, three. Three, yeah. Looks like three. Not too shabby. Champions in 2006, Final Four in 2014 and 15. Has, yeah, that, that'd be fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you take that. You take one national championship any way you can get it, even if everything else around it sucks. Okay. How many years of complete garbage basketball, losing records, no postseason tournaments, would you trade for one national title, Paul? Go. This is not the thing. I just thought of that. How many years of just garbage? Would, would yep. this garbage come before or afterwards? The championship would come directly in the middle. They would have one class where they got five five stars and a bunch of transfers, won the title, and all the garbage happened around it before and after. See, that could only happen with like a coaching change. So, like, I'm going to throw all these caveats in there. I don't know. Um, probably only, like, like two or three, if I'm being really honest. No, I, I do, like, ten at least. Oh, I For, don't know. It yeah, depends be, what the definition of garbage is. Yeah, I mean. I said losing record and no postseason. I mean, right. losing, like, you got to be a bad, bad, bad uh, major college basketball program to have a losing record. More yeah. than like once every decade. Yeah, you get the national more. title. After the decade's over, you got two national titles. There are not a lot of schools that have more than that. Yeah, I mean, if, eight or nine years. Oh, man. I, no. No. I, I know. A decade goes by quickly. No, it doesn't. I suffer slowly, man. For a decade. Dude, I already have a national title. It can't get any no national title can happen right now could be better than the one I already have. I would I would just not take that bet. I I couldn't give up a basketball for one awesome season. I just I don't think I could live through that. I just stopped following it. If they were that bad for that long. No, you wouldn't. I don't think I could I don't think I could go no, on. No, you would you would. You I would do it. You would watch it and every year. See, I've been an Orioles fan and I went through 15 years of this is this the year they're going to maybe start to show some level of competence so that the next couple years there could be hope that you you still suffer through it and you follow the team and you hope they get the players and you hope this is the year they're going to turn it around and then they don't again 
Nikita Brown. I put it back, just like Charlie Brown. Yeah, but but maybe the year that they started, this is separate thing. But I thought this might be the year the Orioles. uh, You know, playoffs are a long shot, but still, I saw that Fangraphs tweet that had them with zero percent chance to go to the playoffs. (laughs) Every other team, it seemed like in the league, had at least a few percent. I was like, really? They've been bad for the last, I think. Four years, but between 2012 and 2016, they went through the playoffs three times. They were very good, yeah. very good franchise well, for a while there. Well, guess guess who else was an Orioles fan? I was. And then in 1997, Peter Angelo sold off the entire playoff team. Uh, eventually, they let Messina go, and eventually Cal retired. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this team. And I stopped following the Orioles, and I don't even care about baseball anymore. So I've literally done it before. So I'm telling you. If Maryland was that bad for that long, I feel like I'd walk away. You you don't have the same level of passion for the Orioles that you have for Maryland. Come on, Dude, it's not I, it's not even close. I don't know. I mean, it, I it's won't pr- walk away, Larry. I won't walk away. <laughs> I don't Jeff, think Paul yeah, will either. Jeff won't walk away because it's his <laughs> livelihood. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It would be tough. It, it would be. I, it would just be hard to make a conscious decision to actively allow my team to suck that bad for that long, even with a natty in the middle. I just, I don't think I could, I could do that. I just, I just take, I just take, roll the dice as bad as that's been in the past 15 years. Mm. I would do it about 10, 10 years. Would I do? Oh, I would God, trade 10 years. Dude, I could for a title. die by the end of that. Yep. That's true. You could die. But, <laughs> Way to reinforce that, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thanks, Larry. Entirely possible. Hey, I can totally see you. listen. I can totally see you dying. <laughs> listen, listen. Before he died, Stephen Hawking said that there's a one percent chance that the we as a hu- human race could end every century. One percent every century. So. Yeah, go. well, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about that guy who had ALS and still lived with it for like thirty years. So whatever magic serum he had, you should give to everybody else. First of all, pretty uh, smart guy. Yeah, that's Just an understatement. Give everybody else the drugs too, man. Some of that. <laughs> what do you think about the idea that we are possibly living in a simulation? How about that? <laughs> well, the last last few years have definitely <laughs> definitely cranked up. So you've been listening to Rogan. Yeah. It's not just no, no. It's not just Rogan. I listen. Do you ever? You know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, Elon Musk, who I've heard speak besides just on Rogan. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of other guys that I've heard talk about this many, but those are the two that you probably know the most. And no, when people start talking about the, like, are we living, the, living in a simulation? And the government trying to put no, no. control. I just want to punch them in the face immediately. No, no. Listen, here's the here's the quick. The, the it's way deeper than this, but here's here's the the quick theory. The fact that humans are getting better and better at creating artificial intelligence and virtual worlds and creating simulations like, for example, since we're on a sports show, when they simulate out seasons to get projections for baseball and all these things. You run thousands and tens and thousands of them, and the simulations are getting better and better. At some point, humanity will get to the point where they'll be able to create a a simulation that is so real we won't be able to tell the difference. So, therefore... We are either the very first civilization ever or we're one of the trillions and trillions and quadrillions that could possibly exist with inside a simulation. Therefore, the math says we are living in a simulation. There you go. You have been learned. Boom. 
I would, I would say this, um, if I still smoke the amount of weed I smoked in 1997 or so, that would sound <laughs> really awesome. Um, but then yeah. again, like half this country is religiously devoted to Donald Trump. So I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who am I to judge? Who am I to oh judge? yeah. Well, he's gone. So hopefully things are going to calm down now. I'm hoping I'm praying. Enough. Can everybody just calm it down, please? So us in the middle. I feel like I'm a referee, and there's a soccer game, and one team is being really chippy and a little dirty, pushing the edge and often going over the edge, and the other team's, like, diving all the time. And you don't know if they're really diving. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And you just want them to just play soccer. Come on, guys. Just play soccer. Stop it. Oh, go both sides, Larry. I love it. What's that? Both sides, Larry. I'm, call no, you I'm just, I just don't, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about, you made fun of me on the show like five years ago for not knowing who Mitch McConnell was. I really didn't. <laughs> now you were, be, you were better off that way, man. <laughs> I do. Like, I, I hate it. Like, can I go back? Can I unlearn who I, Mitch McConnell and, and Pelosi and Schumer, is that his name? And all these, oh my God, I hate them all. I hate them all. I do apologize for that. I should let you live in that bliss. I can't, I can't. Or Mitch McConnell doesn't exist. Mitch McConnell <sighs> doesn't exist in my simulation. Okay. Well, he does in, in the simulation that we happen to be in. Terrible. There We're, you go. The, the aliens are like sucking out our life force to fuel their, their machines. Isn't that how it works? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember the Matrix, uh, how, how, that all, how it all went down. I haven't seen that in so long. I don't know. So, Well, that was a nice tangent. How about that? Yeah. I mean, we got weed, Trump. Mitch McConnell, you know, all types of simulations and computer stuff and movie references that that was not bad. Yeah, there we go. Jeff, let's see. Let's, what kind of headline are you going to give for when you post this on the board after that? Uh, it's not going to include any of that. Bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, people stopped listening like 20 minutes ago, so we can just talk about whatever we want. Now. Yeah. Well, listen, here we go. Whoever is still listening at this point in the show. The first person to reply to the thread on the Maryland to 247sports.com message board, Jeff is going to give a free year subscription. Right, Jeff? Done. Boom. Uh, sure, why not? Oh, oh shit. Kaboom. Oh, I, I cannot wait for this to see who's listening this long into the show and post on the board. That is going to be so fun. See, now oh. we're going to do we're going to do Jeff's prize hour at the end of the show. So every week you'll have to listen to the very end. Otherwise, you might miss something cool. It's so. going to be really depressing, though, if that first comment is like six hours after the show is posted. Yeah. <laughs> the first time, it's it's gonna be hoagie and you're gonna be like ah yes it's absolutely gonna be hoagie <laughs> well he pr- provides enough comedy and content on the board it's okay it's a his parent his parents don't need the free subscription <laughs> <laughs> come on man <laughs> mr and mrs hogan can cover his subscription they don't need the free they don't need the contest <laughs> that doesn't count okay. yeah all right. Okay. Sorry. I got off into Elon Musk and simulations. We and all, all sound like of... we've been smoking the amount of weed I smoked in <laughs> Neil... 1997. By the way, Neil deGrasse Tyson says that he thinks it's actually 50-50 that we're in a simulation. So there you go. There's better odds for you. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Let me write this down so I can <laughs> remember for next week. <laughs> sorry. Okay. All right, I have a Maryland rankum for you guys to close out the show. <laughs> Whatever. <All right. laughs> we're, we're back. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, 
rank these basketball. And we, as I said, this got teased earlier in the show. Rank these basketball players in order of most likely to be on the roster next season in alphabetical order. Eric Ayala, Marcus Dockery, Shoal Mariel, Daryl Morcell, and Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> uh, make ranking them in terms of most likely, you said. Yeah. On the roster next season. Mm-hmm. Ayala, Dockery, Morcell, Shoal, and Wiggins. Uh, yeah. Most likely. Wow. That's if most good. likely is Morcell, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Yeah. No, most likely has got to be Ayala. He'll be a senior, it'll be his team. He's not an early entry NBA guy, most likely. So he, that to me is actually the easiest of the four or of the five. Uh, then it gets a little complicated. Wow, that is really tough, man. You put some thought into that one, didn't you? Jesus. Uh, you couldn't have thrown like Hakeem Hart or somebody. You <laughs> needed a freebie. In a there. Little bit. Uh, so I was first. Last has got to be hmm, Morcell or Wiggins. Wow. Um, last has got to be Morcell because I don't – there's just – as much as we always talk about it, how, how often does anybody just decide to stay in school for another year, even if they like it? So, you know, it's still possible he could do it, but you always bet against that. So Wiggins is second least likely. So I would say um, – most likely Ayala, and then Shoal, who I still think there's a chance, a decent chance he could transfer because he's not playing at all. But at least he's big, and maybe they still hope that he can turn it around. Then Dockery, who I could see transferring, not based on any no- insider knowledge, but he's just not getting any chance to play. Uh, shot pretty well. I think he's like seven of nine on threes, but he's just not in the plans right now, I guess, because of defense or whatever else. So I could well, they got something it. going. So why, why, you know, why yeah, mess with it at this point? Be, uh, either one of them, but just by default, you know, that would be it. I'd say Ayala, Shoal, Dockery, Wiggins, Marcel. Okay. About what I thought you'd say, actually, maybe exactly what I thought you'd say. Okay, Paul. Rank these QBs in order of most likely starter in the 2022 season. So not the one coming up. Okay. The year after that. Eric And in alphabetical order, Eric Nigerian, Jaden Sore, AJ Swan, Talia Tonga-Vailoa, and Reese Udinsky. Talia and nobody else matters because he's not going to the NFL after next year. Okay. And the rest are all evenly. They're all just going to be there, hopefully. Probably not Reese. Probably not. But uh, the other yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. Tilly is not going. To the, he's not going to the NFL. If he throws for six thousand yards next season, he's not going to the NFL next year. He's tiny. Sure? He's not going. You sure. Anywhere. Okay. Okay. I hope that football team doesn't get the same disease you talked about on the basketball team with players leaving early. I think it's different when you're an NFL, when you're a quarterback and I think they have, they have much better grades about, you know, and an idea as to where they're going. Okay. All right, Jeff, rank these wing players in the Mark Turgeon era in order of best to worst in alphabetical order. Kevin Herter, Jake Lehman, Des Wells, Aaron Wiggins. 
Oh, that's really good. That's a really good one, too. Best to worst. It's hard. It's always hard comparing guys who stayed different amounts of time. You know, Lehman's good because he developed late and had a really good overall career, but then Herter, as a sophomore, was arguably just as good as Lehman was as a senior. So uh, just in terms of how good they were, I'd probably go – I'd go Wells because Herter needed another year to really become a star star. He was just verging on it as he left. Uh, Wells, Herter, Lehman, and then Wiggins is how I would put them right now. And Wiggins could be TBD. He yeah, could, he could pass Lehman. He's definitely, you know, there's not a huge gap between them. As of right now, the careers of Jake Lehman and Aaron Wiggins, there's a big gap in my, in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean – Again, it's hard to compare because you're comparing a junior who's putting it together to a guy who had all four years and really was made a lot of strides as a senior. Yeah. If we can stay another year, I would almost – I would be think that he would probably pass Lehman. But right now, yeah, I think it's Wells, Herter, Lehman, and then Wiggins. Okay. Paul, rank these college football teams in order that you'd most like to have a series with. And I think you'll see what I'm going for here. In alphabetical order, LSU, Miami, Texas, again, USC, or UNLV. Okay. Um, LSU. Okay. And then a large gap. Okay. Um, probably Miami, I think, would be a lot of fun. USC. Texas and UNLV. I would love UNLV for a different. I go to Vegas for lots of things, and their football program is garbage. So there, there's not really anything there. Like part of what made Texas awesome was knowing that even though they were a mediocre team at that point, it was Texas football, and you're walking into their place and still, you know, being able to play a program like that and having a shot at the team and being able to beat them like that was that was what made it special. Okay. All right, Jeff, rank these NBC sitcoms in order of your favorite to least favorite. And these are in, in chronological order of their run. Cheers, Seinfeld, Friends, 30 Rock, The Office. That's a really that's a good list. Uh, wow. Uh, I got to go Seinfeld first. That's the goat. Seinfeld is the goat of sitcoms. I can't put anything. The only series I could would consider putting ahead of it ever would probably be The Sopranos. But uh, then The Office. I love The Office like everybody else does. Cheers was a classic. I even loved that as a kid. Uh, if it was any other ranking, if you didn't have those two involved, Cheers would be my number one. Um, Friends, I still like it. Doesn't hold up quite as well but it's still good lazy watching it's still you know got its share of one-liners that we all use from time to time uh and 30 rock i don't watch so that's last 30 rocks started off great and then then faded in my opinion but i've probably watched one episode of that ever if you went online and searched for the greatest sitcoms ever those five would probably be in the top 10 and they're all NBC Thursday night. That's kind of crazy. Anyway. Scrubs is better than all of them. Really? Yep. I like Scrubs, but 
I don't know. Yeah, I like Scrubs. I also didn't really watch any of them, but, <laughs> but I really love Scrubs. You didn't Scrubs, watch so. Seinfeld? Nah, man. I was in high school. I had shit to do. I'm watching Seinfeld. Come on. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Last one. Rank these former Disney stars in order of hotness. In alphabetical order. Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, Britney Spears, Zendaya. Okay. And the waitress, um, and the waitress from Austin. <laughs> I, I, Madison Graziati. I, I have, okay, I have a couple issues here. First of all, I don't really know who some of those people are. Yeah, um, come on. Who you know who Miley Cyrus is? Come on. I know who Miley Cyrus is. Selena Gomez. I know who Selena Gomez is, and I know she's I'm sure attractive, but I don't I can't Ariana Grande? Again, I'm sure she I know she exists and I know she's like a pop star, but I don't really Britney Spears and Zendaya. I don't know who's who's Zendaya. I have no idea who that is. Zendaya? That could be like a Brazilian soccer player for all I know. Paul needs to be on those progressive commercials. Dude, I just I just don't pay attention to pop culture and my kids aren't quite old enough where I have to like, you know, pay attention to their shit. So I, I'm sorry, man. I got, I got nothing. Yep. It would. It would be. I mean, Brittany at her at her best was just the best. I mean, she was stunning, and she knew how to how to work it, and just totally different. I, I can't even speak to these other children. Okay, I guess my son watched while a lot of those were on Disney Channel, so that's why maybe I know them better than you. Yeah, I mean, my kids. Oh, you know, you know my old, my oldest uh, is twelve, yeah, so like, yeah, they're not on, uh, yeah, I was so, just gonna. She was Nickelodeon, right? Wasn't she? She, she was, was on not Disney. My daughter used to watch that show. Victorious was the show, and she was like the fourth or fifth. She was like a side character. All the others were supposed to be the stars, and they, it's funny how that happens. All right, well, yeah, you got to go back in time to like the Britney, Christina Aguilera, like that kind of crew. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. And even right. then, even then, like it was only just because I knew what was going on. I wasn't like jamming to, uh, you know, genie in a bottle and whatnot. Okay, so the three that became popular at the same time around then were Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and what's her name that married Nick Lachey and was really oh, yeah. Jessica, Simpson. Jessica Simpson, right? Yes. All right, do those three then, if you know okay. those three. All right, Britney was number one. Uh, Christina was right behind just because she was very expressive. Um, and Jessica Simpson was last. I didn't know. I wasn't a big, wasn't a big fan of her. All right. Well, you really ruined that last question, Paul. Sorry, man. I'm just, you... uh, I'm just being honest here. I could have came up with a shitty ranking that I just made up by remembering names, but I didn't. I respect the integrity of the process. All right. Jessica I... Simpson was by far number one among that crew. By the yeah, way. She, her Already. face, she had man face. I didn't want a big fan of that. I just remember when we did the the '90s teen sitcom stars rankings because that was a big deal in the chat room. If you remember that with Christina Applegate. And oh yeah, well that's a that I'm all I'm all about that. It was I mean, Kelly because, Bundy, man. Kelly Bundy was was special to me in yeah. ways that I can't talk about. When ex- almost exactly what you said last time. Too. <laughs> I'm being honest with you, man. Yes. I'm telling you. It started because we got in a big argument over who was hotter between Denica McKellar and who played oh Boy Meets World. Who's 
Oh, uh, Topanga. Yeah. yeah. Topanga. Yes. Who, uh, what about uh, what's her name? What's her name? I don't, I don't know. know. Big tits girl who played Topanga. Yeah. What sorry. about? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, female listeners. That's my bad. Stay by the Bell. Kelly Kapowski is number one on that list. Um, yeah, man. she was. She was on that rankings list too that we had you do. This was well, the thing. Kelly, the thing. Ago. That actress, uh, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Amber- Thiessen, yeah, yeah, she she was actually even hotter when she was on Nine Two One Zero. That I was don't. when she was at her peak. I didn't really see that. So, oh, that's a whole nother. I mean, whole nother she does, level. She does a cooking show now, which I see. All the time because that's what my wife watches Food Network or so. Her to uh, that question is is Seinfeld to the question. Yeah, yesterday. it's the God man. You can't can't mess with Kelly Kapowski. Did like Kelly Kapowski, and do you know that Saved by the Bell is back on the Peacock Network now? Yeah. Pour one yeah. out for Screech. Is that, oh yeah, Screech. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Screech, Screech can't make it. Uh, but, I feel uh... bad. <laughs> he died. Zach is the governor of California. And he's married to Kelly. And I saw an interview, which is why I know this. I haven't seen the show. And Slater is the gym teacher at Bayside. And what's her name? Uh, His girlfriend. Lisa. No. no. The tall. Jesse Jesse Spano. Jesse Spano, yes. She is like the guidance counselor or something at the school. So. There you go. I look I would I would shit on that, but Cobra Kai is actually quite good and I love so Cobra like, Kai. I've been watching it with my kid. It's really not good. a not a dissimilar uh, you know, comeback. So uh, who knows? Maybe. And we've been watching you know we've been watching all the sort of seasons of Survivor because we got the CBS network. Freaking love that show. That is I, so good. I hate reality TV. Yet. I hate reality TV so much. It's so good. Do you remember I used to run Survivor games on the message board. Do you remember that? No? No, not really, but I believe you. Yeah, I did. Those are fun. I should do that again if if the suck board would have it. Suck will be better just than about the, anything. Uh, be better than the political bickering. <laughs> <laughs> At least give yeah. a little bit of a, a recess from that. I say you fire it up. Yeah, so it's fire up the survivor. Um, if I do it, you two can't play, but you'll have to be guest judges in some of the challenges. How about that? That's fair, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it could be viewed as a conflict of interest. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm, anyway. I'll make the, I'll make the sacrifice. And I don't suppose there are rap lyrics this week. No, my why Google would there machine, be? My Google machine has a parental control that doesn't even allow me to look up rap lyrics I've discovered. <laughs> That's so why you don't use Google. We talked about that last week. Yeah, go, go little G Google, what capital G Google does, you might stop using it too. Yeah, Jeff Jeff has safe search on, so it's just yeah, not working out for him. I got safe search and, you know, just... Uh, I know what... I know the founder is a Maryland alum, but those dudes are evil. Everybody's evil. You know, everybody. Everybody has your information. Yeah, stop giving a shit about that at this point. They're all going to get it. You know, the worst thing is that they probably target ads to me. I'm. I just don't have the energy to like fight that stuff. Agreed. Agreed. I've just accepted they own me. I mean, I mean, literally, like, like tonight, all I'm going to get if I if I open my Facebook app, 
all I'm going to get is episodes of Seinfeld reruns. Yeah, totally. Whoever Ariana Grande is, is going to be <laughs> all over my shit. Like, my yes. Yeah, yes. yeah yes. I've just accepted that's my life now. And you know, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, like one time I was joking with my wife about getting her lingerie and I got nothing but lingerie ads for like a week. I mean, it's going to take, take you to the Kenny Beckway fan page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that exists. Also, <laughs> if it does, it'll be on my Facebook ads later. Everything exists. Also, Elon Musk, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Matrix. Don't forget that stuff too. And then, like you know, like weed ads from Colorado. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Wrap okay. the show. Yes. Wrap, the, wrap the fucking show. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't suppose there are rap lyrics this week, right? No. No. Wrap the show. Next okay. Week. Wrap the show. Look at that, Paul. It was a nice double entendre. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, Turp Vader on the same time that Jeff comes up with rap lyrics. It's happening. Yes. Oh, remember when there was a a two month period or so we would end every show by saying we had Turp Vader scheduled, but we, oh, we yeah. apologize. We ran out of time. Yeah. We will see you guys next week. We're gonna go back to Mondays, so you guys should start getting your shows late Monday nights, Tuesday mornings. We will see you then.